Eleanor. Hi, Michael. We were just heading off for a picnic. Oh, you know, we were actually just going to go check in on your new student, Brent. Oh, you know, I'm not sure that Brent's in it for the long haul. He came to one session, and then he said he got a B-plus in moral values at Princeton. And so maybe he should be the professor. Then he asked me if I knew that he went to Princeton. I said I did. And then he said he went to Princeton, and he left. Ah, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, just for argument's sake, what would Kant say? about your duty to help your fellow human beings. Well, honestly, when the weather is this perfect, I think that Kant would say, who's up for some Frisbee golf? (laughs) 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 Guys, you've got to hear this joke I made about Kant. Never seen Chidi like that. He was chillaxing, which is the word I just invented, combining Chidi and relaxing. So how's your New Year's resolution going another week into 2024, Stephen? How are you sleeping? You said you were going to sleep better. You know, um, most of the nights that I worked the next day, I was in bed at a semi-decent hour. And every night I made myself go to bed before I wanted to. Uh Uh-huh. How early? Let's see. The earliest was actually Saturday night. I was in Mm -hmm. bed by like 12.10. That's great. The other nights, it was more so like maybe the earliest was probably two. That's the uh, yeah. latest was like three thirty. But you sleep until like ten. Yeah, ten ish, nine or ten. I'm doing math. So you got like seven hours, right? Yeah, some of the nights. Yeah, Last okay, night I'll give though it to you. Anyway. was not great. I for some reason I think because I I slept in yesterday, mm-hmm. then I was up till like five. 15 last night so i haven't bit my nails hey that's good my nails are growing i have like i've done kind of like i don't know i almost like act like i'm doing it or kind of like you gotta bite your knuckles instead yeah i'm not doing it bad i've been having to do little things i'm trying to come up with a new habit why don't you just start smoking cigarettes all the time zach that'll keep you from biting your nails lil got me this fidget thing and i was kind of like that's stupid but then i was like hee hee fun turn the thing then the fidget things are very maybe that'll help yeah well it's another week into 2024 everybody i hope your new year's resolutions are doing well you know i hope it's 14 days or so maybe a little longer into the year when you're hearing this. I hope you've at least made it these 16 days. Can we do that at least? Have you Come gone on. to McDonald's yet? Have you killed another prostitute on the side of the road? Welcome to End of the Time Knife, the everybody. With the bottle in your left hand. Thank you for joining us for another week discussing the, the moral complexities of The Good Place here on Into the Time Knife. Hi, everyone. I'm Zach Sandy Clam Pruitt. Nice. I'm Zach's. <coughs> I'm Stephen. Zach's sandy little pearl tucked deep inside him. Come find me. I love how Michael just says oyster and then moves on to what he needed to say. <laughs> Welcome to another week of the podcast. I'm so glad you've joined us. It's been so nice to get back into the weekly swing of getting this show out and being. I don't know. I can't really say across from you because I'm like next to you, but also like looking at you as if we're across from each other. But to spend this time across from you, I always imagined that 
it's that when we record the podcast, it's kind of like the end of the Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. where uh, Christian Bale is at like a trendy French cafe and yeah. sees Michael Caine across the way, who's somehow still alive, and they give each other a wink. That's mm-hmm. how it feels every time you and I do a podcast together. I have a question now. Answer. After that wink, I don't think there's any argument that the two do of they them plow in, absolutely. Yeah. But who like who tops in that situation? Because hmm. I'm thinking. Okay, now Michael Caine's like, I can't do it anymore, Miss Master Wayne. <laughs> Master Wayne. Just give it to me. Make it quick. <laughs> okay, that answers that question. No, I don't think that part of the movie, I don't know if this is a hot take or if I just thought it was when I was mm-hmm. 12 when that movie came out. Uh, I don't think the wink at the end happens. I think Christian Bale dies and Alfred wondered, that's like his headcanon, like what he hopes to one day see. I don't think Alfred makes it to... The, you you don't think so? Watch it again. Watch The Dark Knight Rises. Tonight. You think I haven't seen that trilogy so many fucking times, Zach? You think I haven't written long blog posts about how Heath Ledger's performance as Joker inspired who I Different am one. as a person? I was really into The Dark Knight Rises because I was a little too I was a little too young to be super into the Dark Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Not in age because like my friends were, just I wasn't there yet. I was into that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into that kind of thing yet. But Dark Knight Rises, I was super into. I liked it. No, I liked it too. I that was the first movie I saw in the theater like three times. Nice. Anyway, into the time knife, everyone. We're back. We're here to talk about another episode of The Good Place, to spend a little time with our friends. And of course, we couldn't do this show without some very special friends of the podcast, our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Mary Baker Budisa, Danny M. Lugo, Justin Fortier, Lil S. Haker, and Autumn Marsh. I have one more shout out today, Zach. Okay. My brother starts uh, college classes today. I saw He's that. He's moved in yesterday. Proud of him. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. Congratulations and best yeah, of luck for sure. He does not listen to the podcast. That's okay. College is not easy in any way. No. So congratulations and best of luck. He seems exactly. like a really smart dude with a good head on his shoulders. So maybe he'll do better than us. I'm sure he will. <laughs> <laughs> well... I had a trauma this week. I'm going to talk about my trauma that I had Please. happen this week. Uh, Zach, don't but think no, I was going to give you the spot. I was going to give you the spotlight first okay, because yeah. I, when I say I had a trauma this week, mm-hmm. fair listener, to my estimation, I don't know. I had one of the most traumatic things that I, I'm lucky to have had a pretty comfortable yeah. life. So I had one of the most traumatic things that's ever happened to me before. And as it's happening, I'm like, just get me on that mic, coach. Just throw yeah, me come in. On. Throw me in just a ring. Just let me make Steven. it to Monday. That's all I need. And look, I take over a conversation for an hour when I'm explaining the breakfast I had that morning. So mm. I would like to give you the space wow. to say anything you'd like to say before I do what I do. Well, thank you, Zach. Um, I want Make it quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. Um... I'm uh, still finishing up some anime from last year, getting my yes. my top list together. Uh-huh. Um, it was a really good year for anime. I feel like anime fans always say this was the year of anime, but last year was is a is a pretty good contender. There were some really good shows. I was looking at my list, and mm-hmm. there's not a single show that I watched, and I'm up to almost like 20 now from last year. I haven't given anything less than a seven, and I've wow. only given a couple of sevens. So. 
that should speak to how just strong last year was for anime. A lot of eights, a shit ton of nines, and I don't give nines to anime very lightly. So really good shows. Still finishing up a couple, but uh, it's it's been really good. Haven't watched any movies this week. Watched some Grey's Anatomy. That show was really good, Zach. I was like, uh, if I made a top 50, sh- uh, that show was uh, at one time really good. That show good, can Zach. be really good. It's just not yeah. really my cup OT. You don't like those make you cry every week episodes. It's shows. not even that. I don't like those... I don't know. I have to really be involved whites. in the main characters mm-hmm. to care about like a crime See, of the and week I or got medical really case hooked of the week. on on like two characters from the uh-huh. beginning and uh-huh. because they're still in it, I'm really into it. Okay. Well, I guess to relate that to movies cuz Oscar nominations are coming mm-hmm. up. I wish I could say the same where I felt like coming off of my first year of watching everything that got nominated that I could say that this was just like another stellar year cuz I really thought last year was pretty last year stellar. Had some top top choices. I have a lot to watch still and once Oscar nominations come out in about another week after this podcast comes out, I will know what I still need to watch, but I don't think this year has been as strong as last year. I think there were, there that I can think of that I saw, three movies that I would say, well, four if I'm counting, um, which I should count. So I guess there were four movies that I saw that I thought were like a nine or higher. I mean, I saw some great movies. I saw a couple standouts and I'll definitely be able to tell people these are a couple Mm -hmm. of movies I saw that I really love this year, like Theater Camp. Like mm-hmm. uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie we were just discussing. Movies that I saw and really enjoyed that not enough people are talking about. There mm-hmm. are some of those this year. But like last year, man, I mean, fucking everything, everything everywhere, everywhere all at once is one of my favorite movies of all time. We weren't 100% sure that it was going to win Best Picture. And that's how that should show how strong last year Banshees was. Banshees of Inna was incredible. Um, Tar was really was great. Good. A lot Tar. of really good movies last year. But anyway... Yes, let's have a therapy session. I'll hope you'll allow me this. Yeah, audience. my uh, clock has now officially started. Yes. How much is that an hour? A lot, right? You charge the same for therapy that you do for dancery? Um, double, actually. Because dancery, Jesus. I get to touch you. Here, I just have to listen to you without feeling you up. Here, you get touched. I get touched by you, metaphorically. Yeah. When dance, like it, not you as get real for handsy for how expensive and professional well, you. you are. With you, Zach, oh, not only do me. I upcharge, okay. but I I touch just about everywhere. Well, the story, dear listener, that I'm going to tell you, it happened a week ago. It was when we recorded our first podcast. Um, I needed to work that day. I work a delivery job. I was in a rental car because my uh, my car is bit was in the shop at this time. I was in a rental car, an unfamiliar car to me. I was out working for a few hours. And in this rental car at like 8 o'clock, 8.30 that night, I get fucking clipped by a deer in the middle of Indianapolis, Indiana. And Indiana is like a middle of nowhere state, but it was like a city. I w- Which, it was not where I would expect. And I've had deers clip my car before. I know to watch for it. And it was a place where I wasn't even clocking that a deer could maybe all of a sudden be in front of me. Well, I want to ask you something really quick, Zach, not to kill the sure. momentum of your story. It's okay. I don't know anyone that's met more deer with their vehicle than you have. What yeah. did you do to them? <laughs> what? The fir- Why are well, they like the problem. Every deer that I've car. hit, I've been very lucky that I've never gotten hurt and I've never had but minor damage done to a car. I've never killed or slaughtered a deer with my vehicle, so they have the chance to go tell their friends to mm-hmm. watch out. And they're for like, this "Hey, guy. this fucking guy clipped yeah. me." I don't know. It's I. I mean, I don't know what to tell you other Zach than Zach is the hunter from the beginning of Bambi. That's what it I don't was. know what to tell you other than I'm pretty much always on the road working. Sure. 
And sure, I'm sure... So you have a higher chance, I guess. A higher chance. I'm sure there are probably other reasons why shit like this seems to keep <laughs> happening to me. But honestly, with something like a deer, I don't... There's nothing you can do or not do when all of a sudden there's a deer in front of me. Like, this rental car that it clipped, it bare... I didn't even feel the impact. I kind of thought... I, like, I knew it scraped, but it w- just missed not hitting me. And mm-hmm. then I got out of the car, and it's this rental car, so I'm nervous about that. And there's, like, yeah. a little crack in the bumper. I'm like, fuck, I don't pay for the extra insurance that's Mm -hmm. like $40 a day for a car. I do have my own insurance, but I don't know what covers, Mm -hmm. and I still kind of don't know, and I'm nervous about that, so I'm dealing with that. I call Lil. I'm all stressed out. This is not the traumatic event. It gets way worse than this, friends. (laughs) I I call Lil. I'm stressed out about that. I take some deep breaths. I think my insurance is going to cover it, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to work a little, little bit more, and then Mm -hmm. I'll go home. I'll be done for the night, and this day will be over. I'll return the rental car tomorrow, and it's done. It's done. Okay. So I get orders from a Meijer, and I'm shopping delivery for people and I delivered two, I have two orders at the same time and I shop for both of them. I deliver the first one to this apartment home and as I'm leaving the apartment complex, I notice that in one of the little sections of housings, there's a police officer like hanging out in their car and mm-hmm. I'm going towards exiting the apartment complex and I notice that they're leaving where they were and that they're probably coming to check me out and follow me. Yeah. I'm going to the next person's... um delivery and i'm always nervous i don't know even though i kind of know what to do if i get pulled over Mm -hmm. i'm always nervous because i'm the type of person that may be caught with a small breed of pygmy that's illegal to house Mm -hmm. in the united states a furry animal that you're not allowed to have he's actually trying to do a whole thing he's not making chocolate yet but he wants to have the manpower just in case is pygmy person i thought it was an animal pygmy's a person Really? I was thinking of like a little yeah. small rodent that I have as a pet that's illegal if to keep in the like States. If it were a pygmy mouse or something. That's that what I was going for. It's a pygmy chinchilla, let's say. Illegal sure. in the States, always in the car with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm nervous about what's going to happen if I get pulled over and a police officer says, man, does it smell like a specifically illegal in this state pygmy in your vehicle, <laughs> right? So I'm getting pulled over. Well, no, I'm getting followed out of the apartment complex and I'm tensing up. I'm driving to someone else's apartment. But when I'm in a situation like this, the first thing I want to do is like go to a gas station or pull Mm -hmm. over out of something. They probably follow me for like a mile. They get pretty close to my car. They haven't pulled me over yet. Mm -hmm. I turn into a CVS parking lot and immediately they turn their lights on. And I'm like, are you ever in a stressful enough situation? Have you ever gotten the like where you taste metal? Yeah. Sure. I get that when I get really anxious, and it's almost always when I pass a police car or when there's yeah, a police your car magneto driving behind activating. me. You're you like about taste to come blood into your or like metal or like stress just like in your throat. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. So this starts happening, and now that I'm talking about it, uh, like almost it's been a week, so I've calmed down quite a bit, but it's starting to come up again. Mm-hmm. So instantly the lights come on as I turn into the CVS. So I park. And I have my pygmy in the vehicle with me. So I stash the pygmy, the young man who I have in my car. I stash him next to Mm -hmm. me in the in like the little side thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm expecting a traffic stop to have someone come up to me, tell me what I've done. But instantly I hear the guy yelling. And so I roll the window down. I say, what? I didn't hear what you said. They say, put both of your hands out of the car right now. 
never had anything like this happen to me before. Mm-hmm. Have no idea why I've just been pulled over. I wasn't doing anything. So I put both of my hands out of the car. Then they tell me to take the keys out of the ignition and put them on the ceiling of the car. So I do. Then they tell me to get out of the car and I do. Then they tell me to like face away from them, take steps to the back, take steps to the left, get down on the ground. And then they're handcuffing me. Put your hands behind your back and they're handcuffing me. And like twice during this, I say, can you tell me why I'm being pulled over? And they say, we can't. Or they say, we'll tell you in a minute, like both times. So I'm getting handcuffed on the ground. And this one police car quickly turned into, I am not exaggerating, something like four or six police cars. Like I'm, I'm surrounded by police cars and like 10 officers around outside. So I'm handcuffed on the ground. I have no idea what I've done just because of like a traffic stop or something. Yeah. And I'm stressing out and uh, I'm scared. I'm horrified. I'm on the ground handcuffed without knowing why. That's a pretty scary position Mm -hmm. to be in. And after a while, someone finally says, your your license plate came up as a stolen car. This is a stolen car. Mm -hmm. And I'm in a rental car. If you missed that opening part of the story, I'm in a rental car. And instantly I can say, I rented this car. This is where I rented it from. There's a piece of paper in the car that says my name, that says when this is due, which is tomorrow morning. And they're kind of not listening to me. Mm-hmm. Like they still start talking about like the plate and like looking up stuff. And there's a bunch of guys and they start pulling up shields on me. Like I wow. hear one guy say to another, like, are you holding, do you have your shield? Like this feels like a tense to them, like hands on gun situation. Well, mm-hmm. I'm just a scared dude on the ground trying to say my name is on a piece of paper that yeah. just explains this. So eventually they hear this. And I'm worried about my pygmy in the car. One, they're not supposed to know he's in there. And two, Mm -hmm. I mean, he needs his mother's milk about every 15 minutes. Yeah, he was real hungry at this point. So I, okay, I say the paper's in the car. They say where in the car. And I'm genuinely not sure. It might be in the glove box. It might be in the passenger seat. I'm flustered. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to explain myself when I do something. This is a dumb thing to say, but I say, I don't know where in the car it is. Like if you walked over there with me, I could like point it to you. I could show Mm -hmm. it to you. And they say, no, we're just going to look. And so at this point I say, okay, officer, then I want to let you know there is a a small pygmy (laughs) boy in the vehicle. (laughs) I just feel like you should know. And they say, thank you for being compliant. Thank you for telling us. It happens all the time. We're, we're yeah. used to this. A lot of Just tell me to be in quiet. Area. We won't ask too many questions. And they go find the paper. And over here, these fucking police officers start, well, I'm traumatized on the ground still. Mm-hmm. Maybe they started to stand me up. They like had to take my wallet out of my back pocket. They like patted me down and stuff. And he, they start laughing. Like the, the 10 guys yeah. or eight guys over here start like laughing and like, all right, well, let's get out of here, like, types, like, laughing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And the guy who handcuffed me that's well, been with me the whole time. is known to tell quite a few jokes. He's funny. He is funny. <laughs> that's why I keep him around. I like a good yeah. laugh. <laughs> so they start, like, laughing to themselves. The one guy who's been with me, he wasn't, like, nice to me, but he wasn't mean or rough with me. He, like, mm-hmm. was just there, and I kind of stress-talked to him, and he, like, listened and said stuff to me. I hear him say, but while these people are over here laughing, he's like, yeah, I think we might have messed up. <laughs> Ooh, and instantly I don't know. I, then I go from like scared to like, oh, my, is this really happening? And still scared mm-hmm. because of the pick me that is yeah. in my vehicle. So he says, "You're free to go," and he starts to take the handcuffs off me. And all the cops start leaving. One cop comes up to me, and this pissed me off because I'm so scared and stressed. He's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. hey, you like Wayne's World, man? What? 
you look just like the guy from that show. I love that show, Wayne's World. You get, you know Wayne's World? Yeah, yeah, yep, I do. I do know Wayne's World. <laughs> so I'm free to go. I start to leave. And at this point, like, I see my pygmy. They've taken him out of the car and mm-hmm. put him on top of the car next to the keys. And I'm thinking, are they just all about to, like, haul out of here? But, like, yeah. the, like, grumpy... I've left out so many details of the stress story, mm-hmm. and it's still a long story. The, like, grumpy white guy cop who went to get the paper out of my car is like, well, actually, you're not free to go yet. Uh, lean back against the car for a minute. Give me a minute. And he goes and talks to the other asshole cops for a second. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaning there. And he comes back to me. He's holding the pygmy at this point. He took it off of the ceiling of the car when he came to tell me to stay mm-hmm. there for a moment. He says, well, you know, the, ev- the pygmy is like this. But uh, I see you've got... <laughs> A couple forms of pygmy. It's still illegal here. I don't know where you got this young man. I don't care either. Uh, <laughs> here's what we're going to do. We're going to take him back to the precinct, and we're going to destroy him. We're going to put this pygmy man pygmy. right in the incinerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Does that sound fair? Alive. Because I'm terrified and thought that maybe I would still get in trouble for not having done anything wrong. I say, yeah, yeah that sounds fair. They leave like as fast as they were all around mm-hmm. me. And then I'm like just left in my car, like hyperventilating, not hyperventilating, but like panic attacking. Yeah. In this CVS parking lot. And then I call Lil, I explain what happens. And then I still have to finish a Meyer delivery and take mm-hmm. someone their stuff and then go home. And that's my like, what took is my so story. long? They did. While I was sitting there, they said, what's going on? And because I was having a panic attack, I could have just said I had another order, but I did say, I'm sorry, this is awkward, but I got pulled over. Everything's Mm -hmm. okay, but I need a couple seconds to calm down. And they understood. And I think they ended up uh, giving me a couple extra dollars. Nice. But that's my story. I had to get it off my chest. Yeah. Fuck the police is basically how I feel. So, Zach, now that you're a cold, hard criminal and have done real hard time... Uh, how have you changed as a man? You know, honestly, I am the bell of the ball in that joint. <laughs> that long, pretty hair, I'm sure, got you far. The guards, the other inmates, whoever. I am yeah. everybody's girlfriend. <laughs> That's why I'm still able to do the podcast, the pygmies in arm. Yeah. I don't All know. That's pygmies. my story. The moral of the story is that because I'm white, and look, I do think to an extent now more than I used to, I might get a, like some form of profile because I have long hair and I look alternative and I look mm-hmm. like the type of guy you who look like Wayne's me. world. Yeah, I, I, I look like Wayne's world. Yeah, I do get that. But I'm very, very aware that I'm white and that I know what to say in these situations, kind of, even when I'm having a panic attack. And I know that because of who I am, I'm more than likely to get someone to listen to me when I'm saying Mm -hmm. what I'm saying and to understand that I'm anxious rather than, oh, you must be guilty because you're anxious or, oh, hands on the ground, you're you're dead. You know, I'm very aware of that. But that didn't make it any less like scary and traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say this. What ended up happening was the cops had two of the numbers switched on my plate and they didn't bother to double check before having me handcuffed on the ground. It's pretty fucked up. I'm not going to, I don't want to and won't do anything about it, but it is the most traumatizing thing that has ever yeah. happened to me, even with the huge asterisk of I got away fine because of A, B, and C. It was still mm-hmm. deeply scary. And they like got to chuckle and be like, oh, well, on to the next one. It's messed up. It wasn't until I was directly affected by a police officer that I thought, hmm, maybe all these people getting slaughtered in the streets by cops have something. Maybe they do have a point. I thought they yeah. were just being dramatic. Well, Don't if they had just the complied, Walmart, Zach, you know? they'd be fine. I buy my Hanes from there. Don't smash up the Walmart. What's that got to do with it? 
<laughs> okay, that's that's it. That's our story. That's our pre-show talk. I don't really have anything else to say, but it's but that it's felt a different type of good throughout the last week to get that story off of my chest. And yeah, I did kind of feel panicky for like two days after it happened, and I don't really anymore. I well, are they going to listen to the pod- you plug the happening. podcast, right? Yeah, our sponsor today is, of course, the <laughs> police department of Fishers, Indiana. Uh, a lot of hush money. It's not keeping me quiet, though. <laughs> we'll take blood money. We just won't use it the way you think. Exactly. Well, Stephen, with story time out of the way, why don't we talk about an episode of the final season of The Good Place? You know, Zach, I don't know. I feel like I only will agree to this mm-hmm. if it's going to be a really chill week i feel chill i'm a lot more chill god do i need a chill week yeah the first couple days the first week of 2024 mm-hmm. sucked and yeah, i am not gonna rough. let it keep me down i'm ready for it to just be up from here yes yeah, so we're gonna be chill i'm chillaxed i'm cheaty relaxed i'm chillaxed i'm i'm pretty cheaty relaxed as well well good because we're here to talk about season four episode three it's chapter 42 and it is called chillaxing this episode was directed by Anya Adams. This is her first and only directing credit on The Good Place here in the final season. But some credits outside of The Good Place include four episodes of Speechless, a show that we both sing the praise of, an underrated show. One episode of Glow, two episodes of Blackish, six episodes of Fresh Off the Boat, three episodes of one of the silliest, stupidest, worst shows I've ever actually sat through most of a season of, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Uh, two episodes of The Expanse, which I hear is really good. And then mm-hmm. more recently, an episode of Not Dead Yet and an episode of Yellow Jacket, Anya Adams, who wow. directed this episode. The episode was written by a name we've heard before, but not as often as I thought. It's it's written by Aisha Muharar. I remember struggling over this name before, and it hasn't mm-hmm. gotten any easier. She only wrote one other episode in the series, and it was the third episode, Tahani Al-Jamil, all the way back in wow. season one. So pretty dope Tahani episodes. Sure. Yeah, both of them. And then outside of this, her main credits include one episode of, do you know this show? It's called Sit Down, Shut Up. It was a one season animated show on Fox, like when we were 10. The reason I knew this show is it was right after I discovered Arrested Development for the first time. Nice. And this was a Mitch Hurwitz created show that included a lot of the voice cast or a lot of the cast of Arrested Development, like Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. And it also had like Keenan Thompson in it and Kristen Chenoweth. And it was like about- it was about a school, and it was animated people, but all of the backgrounds were live action, which was kind of cool. Interesting. Sit down, shut up. I don't know if it holds up at all, but I liked it when it was on. Outside yeah. of that, she wrote 14 episodes of Parks and Recreation across its run, and more recently wrote one episode of a show we've mentioned before. Neither of us have seen it, or too hip to it, but Hacks, a show that I've mm-hmm. heard is quite good. Yeah. This episode, Chillaxing, originally aired on October 10th, 2019, so let's go all the way back to the fall of... Was that four years ago now? Yeah, uh, five. No, five years ago. Well, Well, foreign change. Just over four years, but you know what I'm saying. Four years ago, Mm -hmm. on October 10th, 2019, we're going to talk about the number one movie. This is a movie I have seen in the theater. It was a hugely successful movie. It won an Oscar, and it kind of changed what you can do with a comic book property. Is this what I think it is? I mean, probably. I just kind of gave it, it away. Is it Into the Spider-Verse? No. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Comic book. Can I get, uh, like, any hint really? about the It won plot? an Oscar. I mean, Black Panther was no. nominated. No, think about, like, 4chan. Oh, okay. 
comic book property. Oh, is it fucking no? Huh. Deadpool didn't win an Oscar. No, it's Joker. Joaquin Phoenix Joker. as Joker, which did totally change what, what you can do with a comic book movie yeah. because it's like a side universe villain origin story that has nothing to do with the hero. And unlike things like Venom, it was just a major box office smash making a billion dollars when it was like a gritty yeah. Kind, like, what did you think drama. of this movie, Zach? I've only seen it the one time. I think it's mm -hmm. overrated. I think it was good enough to make me watch it again, though. Yeah. And uh, see it, the second one, me, see what they do. I think it has one of the most realistic gun use violence. of, like, the, yeah, gun violence. It's very quick. It's very under Takes the dramatized. wind out of the room, but it only yeah. takes a second. That shit like made me like like I remember Uncomfy. I went to go see it and I was uh, I was pretty much by myself in the theater because it was like a Monday at like seven o'clock or some shit like that and I took the train home and it was like empty and I was fucking oh, that would terrified the sure. whole train ride back yeah yeah but I I think it's it's good but it definitely is overrated I don't know I don't well, think I mean, it's, it's one the, of those I don't think it's, the, it's I don't think it's like the greatest movie of all time or anything yeah but it's good but it makes me like it less. That I think people are getting some of the wrong messages mm -hmm. from the movie, you know? Yeah. Well, Joker, we're going to go back to 2019 and talk about what people thought mm -hmm. of it when it came out. Yeah. Enough of what we thought about it. What do the people that matter think about Joker? Starting mm -hmm. with Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think the critics of Rotten Tomatoes are sitting on Joker? 94? No, it's lower. 83? No, it's lower. One try one more time. 70? 69. Eight? Really? 69% from the critics. I thought that critics loved this shit. I think maybe critics loved Walking Phoenix. Sure, that's fair. But what about the audience? Do you think the audience is higher or lower than a 69% on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to go back up to like 79. It is higher than that. 85. It's a little bit higher than that. 88% from the audience. Wow. Okay, so that's much more what I was thinking it was going to be around. So we've got 69% from the critics, which is still a fresh score, almost set, mm -hmm. practically 70. That's not bad. 88, which is honestly 69 is probably close to how I feel about the movie. Yeah. More than glass half full, but nothing to like mm -hmm. really write home about. Yeah. However, the audience, 88%. Do you think that's going to be what the people at Letterboxd, the enlightened crowd I of do. Letterboxd is going to think of the movie? I think it's going to be high like that. I think it's going to be a little bit lower maybe. It is. I've translated to a percentage out of 100. Yeah. Where do you think Letterboxd sits? Maybe like 75. You are one number <sighs> off. 74? No, 76% oh. from Letterboxd, which is a pretty solid score. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving over to the Billboard charts, the Hot 200 for mm -hmm. the week of October 10th, 2019. The number one album this week, I think this is the third in a row because every week of season four so far, it's been Hollywood's Bleeding by Post wow, Malone. Post Malone. So our number two album this week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start you off with the name of the lead single from this album. Okay. The lead single of this album is called Someone I Used to Know. Okay, well, it's not Gautier. That was my misdirect. No, it's not Gautier. Yeah. It's not Gautier. Because that um, would have been like 2014 Someone or I used to know. That was just more of a joke. You're not going to get it from that. This is yeah. a country album. Mm. A number two album on the charts. A band that's been around for a long time. And the band is named after the person who's in it. Oh. Well, it's not Hootie and the Blowfish. No. It's not Big and Rich. I don't know if you're going to get it. 
It's not. Do you the want me chicks. to just tell you? It's specifically like the front man's name in the title of the band. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> I don't know if that would be considered a country group, as far and as charts I are concerned. Back down. I'm not saying I disagree. I won't back down. No, the number two album. I'm pretty sure Tom Petty was was dead in 2019. Yeah. But the number rebel two. spirit lives forever. The number two album this week is called The Owl by Zach Brown Band. Oh, Zach Brown Band is actually pretty good. It's a little bit chicken fried. This album was Friday night. a noted step away from country music into something else for the band. Ooh. So let's talk about what people think of The mm -hmm. Owl by Zach Brown Band. Not a lot of professional critics are reviewing pop country, apparently. No, they're not. Even though this was the me. number two album. So before we talk about Rate Your Music, this professional publication we're going to discuss <laughs> is Six Shooter Country. Oh, God. What do you think Six Shooter Country gave The Owl by the Zach Brown Band out of 10? I think they gave it a solid seven. No, it's lower. Ooh, this a ain't country. Six point three? No, it's a five out of ten. Wow, for five the out of owl 10. by Zach Brown Bring back Band, the car talk featuring someone I used to know and leaving love behind. I'm, I'm noticing Ooh, a I trend. I don't know either of those. Rate your music. The letterbox mm -hmm. of music. We know them. We love them. Out of ten to the hundredth, so two decimal places. I can just see out the of review 10. now. A welcome stray from the tired country pop aesthetic uh -huh. that Zach Brown Band used for years. This been is reading a step my in the right direction, but <laughs> but still not where I know they can reach. Uh, Six point three. It is so much lower than that. Ooh, a three. It is lower at a two point eight six out of Holy ten. Holy fuck! Uh, that might be the lowest score music. we've had. So that's like a one point four three over there out of five. That's something bad. Like that. That's uh -huh. a low score. Yes. Poor the number Zach two album Brown Owl by Zach Brown Band. How many people do you think were leaving the theater from seeing Joker and were cranking up Leaving Love Behind <laughs> off the Owl by Zach Brown Less Band? than 12. <laughs> but I not think zero. in all of, in, in the entire United States. The movie made a billion dollars. You know, that's a lot yeah. of people. But <laughs> 12 of them or less <laughs> were doing that. Because that means the person has to have the album. Yes. And like it. Mm -hmm. and be in the mood after watching Joker, seeing the final well, scene where he's laying on angsty. top of a car. Someone I used to know, leaving mm -hmm. love behind. I can mm -hmm. see it being a po That's what Maybe. I was going for, you know? Yeah, sure. Well, let's move on into our conversation on chillaxing by stepping to one of my favorite segments we do here every week, and I think it might be one of your favorites, too. Not you, Steven, but the audience. That's always <laughs> who I'm talking to, not you. It's time to find out, of course, did Steven, did Steven watch, watch the, the episode... episode this week. This week. And then I'll be just fine. And the radio on. You know more of that song than I know. I know a lot of that song. I have to play it at work a lot. Really? You have to dance to pop country? Sometimes. That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think that would be worth any money, any amount of money. <laughs> To listen to a little bit of country fried, chicken fried. Chicken fried. I guess I do band. frequent Cracker Barrel occasionally, mm -hmm. but I, I'm able to like tune out everything else sure. about it. Sure. Well, if you talk loud enough, you can't hear it. So if you just yell the whole time. I do. Yeah. 
hey, hey, ah, ah. Are you okay, sir? What's going on? No, it's just a song. Ah, no, I'm fine. It's like ah. a song. And then it switches to Dolly Parton and I quiet for a few minutes. And you're like, you've got 20 seconds on the clock to tell us everything that happened in chillaxing. How are you feeling? How are your chances? How are the odds in your favor this you know, afternoon? Zach, if I'm being honest. Please do. I feel like there's a lot to get to in this week, and I don't know mm-hmm. how quickly I'm going to be able to do it, so I don't know how confident I am. Last week was rough, and Last it was the was first bad. time you would have had to do it in almost a month, so let's uh-huh. hope returning to it this week, maybe you can at least like start at a better pace. Maybe you can get, get speed, you know, have speed be your friend. You know, get a little speed. <laughs> Take a little mm-hmm. speed and see if that helps. Yeah, let me just grab my speed pile, my <laughs> speed drug. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. On I'm, I'm as ready as I'm gonna be, Zach. Yes. Well, the time has come. In the On words go. of Gavin DeGraw, you can I keep don't ripping, wanna be but I'm gonna start counting anyone down. Anyone other than so what I've been trying to, to be lately. It's up to you if this is worth it or not. Three, two, one. Go. Chidi is too relaxed, so we gotta stress him out so he makes people better. So we're gonna stick him with Jason, who's gonna make his life miserable, but he gets too miserable and Eleanor gets sad because she was too mean. Meanwhile, Tahani's gotta help John because he always wanted to be rich, but he never was. But it turns out he needed a friend like she needed a friend, so now they're friends together. And then Janet is dying her hair because she's Stop. sad about Jason. That was pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like a C plot or something that you're forgetting. Before we actually go through the episode. I know. I couldn't think of a C one when I like was saying it, but. If you were going to get like an A or A plus, mm-hmm. I think you could have really sent home the John and Tahani storyline, yeah. which I actually think is pretty good by mm-hmm. saying they find out that their positioning is about the exact same as each other, even if they were mm-hmm. on different sides. You got like, you got it out. But I said I, you... he needs a friend and she needed a friend. I know, but you could have said yeah. that they were like the same type of lonely or something. I'm mm-hmm. saying if you wanted to get like an A plus, because sure. I think you did really well, I think that was an A minus. Thank you, Zach. I felt pretty good about that. Yeah, I, think I that wish was that quite I good. had had thought out. I tried to use my time accordingly, but I didn't know how much time I had spent on the Eleanor thing, and I could have even gone further into that. But I thought, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think that makes up for last week quite a bit. Good job. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Let's see if maybe I can reclaim some of my former glory in a good round of trivia. I only have seven questions. I've got nine for you this week. Go ahead. Okay, what figure did Chidi have a near mint Mm, version of? You would ask this. And in my notes, I have the name written down. I actually think my first question has the name written down, but that's not... (sighs) Alfred Schubert. You're (laughs) locking it in. It's Arthur Schopenhauer. I knew it was A and Sh. Yeah, you were pretty close. Good for you, buddy. Well, what did near mint Arthur Schopenhauer come with? Ah, you son of a bitch. You don't know, do you? You piece of shit. Love to watch him squirm. A tiny notepad? Really close. Think of the other end of what you get with the A notepad. tiny ink pen. Really close. And it comes quill. with a working quill. Oh, that's cute. That's I don't think cute. that's enough to give it to you, but it's very close. Mm-mm. Yeah. Both of us came close. What did Brent get in moral values at Princeton? A B plus? You got it. And you did even better this week. I did. Yeah, fuck you, yes. Brent. What does Eleanor do to torture exes? 
Oh, she... Oh, this was almost one of my questions. It's in there. It's a funny joke. Mm-hmm. She fills their... Uh-huh. Fills their what? Fills their what? Something with something. Oh, my God. I can't remember it. I have Fills CPL. their acoustic with Guitar wet cat food. with... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. so gross. Yeah. That's, that's such that's a specific funny. imagery that it's stuck in my head because mm-hmm. I deal in wet cat food on occasion. And it is yeah. pretty gross. That's pretty grody. Where did Gigi Hadid go for mm-hmm. her spa trip? Bali. Yeah, you got it. That was my next question. Not Bali's total fitness, as some mm-hmm. may think. Many have said that. Yeah. Give me another one because you just took one of mine. How many Game of Thrones characters Eight. are based on Tahani? Oh, I wish, I wish so much I'd switched it out to the alternate question that I could have asked about that. How many were ready for action? Six. Yeah. Oh, but you already had said eight. Alex Trebek hated when people answered the question before he was fucking done. Yeah. And look where that got Alex Trebek. (laughs) (laughs) Rest in peace. He's a legend and an icon. What was Cheedy going to offer Jason before he spills his secrets? T. He uh-huh. was going to offer him tea. Uh-huh. <laughs> what does the Oprah mushroom water taste like? Candy. Candy. I'm doing pretty good. Candy. Not perfect, but I'm bringing it back a little bit. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. What does Cheedy beg Jason no more of? There's two things. Please, no more. It's when they're in the bud hole. Uh-huh. It always is. Come on, Steven. God damn it. What a loser. Um, no more meatball subs. Uh-huh. And no more drawing boobs in the dirt. Drawing boobs in the dirt. That's what it was. What poster is on Jason's mm. new butthole wall? I don't know if I know who it is. You've asked me questions like this before. Some nameless, attractive woman. Uh, we're looking for Kendall Jenner. I stand by what I said. <laughs> <laughs> How many Tums did Cheedy take today? 20, which is nothing. Like 20. Like 20. But yes, I'll give you 20. Yeah, yeah, you will. Um, how many hours a day did John spend building his website? 16. 16, that's I a fuck I had that time. thought, yeah. It yeah, does where's make your you dedication, think of him Zach? a little bit. I spend easily 16 hours on podcast day. On podcast day? Yes. Not a day. And every other day I work 10 hours in my actual job. This podcasting right, day is there's my 14 left. Podcasting is my day. There's 14 left. Yeah, after the 10, in that that you 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I sleep for 11 of them. Oh. I've got one last question for you. What will John and Tahani watch together? Unironically, the Britney Spears movie Crossroads. Have you seen it? It's been a long time. I haven't seen it. We should watch it, unironically. Sure. I have two more for you. What color flowers are on Chidi's lay? Don't know. You Yellow guess? and red. Ooh, we're looking for white. And, and what? And then, huh, just white. Oh, I thought there were multiple colors, just white. No, okay. John had a multiple colored one. Okay. How did Tahani get into the extra exclusive room mm-hmm. at the party? There, there was a four-digit code. There was a pin, a yeah, pin number. exclusive pin pad. You did pretty mm-hmm. well, Zach. I didn't do too bad. I just did so well a couple weeks ago that anything other than complete perfection. Yeah, I mean, will to not be fair, be you got six out of nine, which your 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 percentage kind of went down with the last couple questions. But you had That's done, okay. or no, 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 you got the first couple five really out of nine because you missed four. 
Mm. No, you didn't. I lied to mm-hmm. you. You got six out of nine. You I'll didn't take miss the it. last one. I'm not going to count how many you got right, but I think it was like two or one or three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take those odds. Combine I said them. to you before we started recording that this episode, Chillaxing, is one of those episodes that makes me really glad that I do watch these episodes twice. I watch them once, just try to give it my full attention, but I'm not taking notes. I'm just watching it and trying to enjoy it. Then I watch it a second time the next day, like this morning, and I take my notes as I watch it. Because I watched it last night, and I didn't dislike it, but I kind of felt like I wasn't laughing quite as much mm. as maybe I did the last two weeks, and that it also just kind of feels like a transition episode. But uh, by the second time I watched it, I realized it's not a bad thing, and the thing that we're transitioning from and to is important, and there are yeah. character dynamics that work really well in this episode that are important. So on the second watch, I found a lot to really appreciate about this episode, even if I am still kind of waiting for like the big arc of season four to, to truly begin, I still had a lot of fun with this episode what about you yeah i really liked that this episode kind of like it truly chillaxed a little bit because we've had mm-hmm. so many episodes in a row going back to last kind season because like, like he is stressed non-stop yeah but like of non-stop like major things being sure. altered or new people being introduced this is the first one in a while that we haven't gotten any more or less characters put into it Okay. We kind of get to stick with who we've got. I mean, last week we didn't necessarily add anybody, but there was the whole... I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's the the first time that we just get to go into this experiment and just, like, do it and see not just Eleanor going through being stressed about one thing. Like, Eleanor's doing pretty fine most of the episode. Yeah. So well, I, I think it's... We see well, in the end that maybe relatively. she wasn't, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I th- I like that this episode kind of slows down for a minute because things have been changing and happening so fast. We haven't gotten to live in this new world, really. And this episode, we kind of get to do that, which I like. It does that. And Change we've done pace. this with other experiments, but it's fun the way we see the different angles of how the experiment mm-hmm. works when you're on both sides of it in a couple different ways. And I really like that this episode... It gives Eleanor a conflict that doesn't discount the growth that she had last week. And it kind of puts some of the characters to the side a little bit. Brent doesn't actually make an appearance in this episode, Mm -hmm. I don't think. And it gives us what we've been missing in the last couple episodes, which is Tahani and Chidi and John. And they all get satisfying, funny stuff that moves their stuff forward while the main stuff is still kind of happening around it. I think it's a good episode. And I think we should dive into it and talk about it. Let's do it. Michael and Eleanor are discussing the plan for the day, what they're going to try to do today. And it's pretty much what they do. Chidi should be starting his new study group with Brent to help him become a better person. And they start to just kind of talk about, oh, Chidi's the best. He's so great. He's going to make this happen. Eleanor cutely makes fun of how he collected action figures of famous philosophers and the little, oh, man, he's such a nerd. I love him so much. (laughs) That's cute. Michael is marveling, though, because Chidi is the one that they need to help, and it's so big of him that he gave up his memory to do this. But while Michael's saying this, he loses track of, oh yeah, and you're my friend, and it's so sad, and I feel so bad for Mm -hmm. you. Oh my God, Eleanor, this must be so hard. And I'm so conscious of it all the time. Have you ever had anything like that where maybe two people aren't friends anymore or in a relationship anymore, and you're like, wow, they're just out doing the best stuff, and I'm so proud. Oh wait, oh yeah, they suck. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Um... One time I asked somebody how their new puppy was and it was dead. Not really what I was looking for, but I like <laughs> the story. Yeah, that's about the closest I can draw to that. Chidi walks up to the table where Michael and Eleanor are sitting 
And he's not the cheaty that we know. He's laughing audibly as he's walking into frame. He's wearing a sky blue button up that I think has a couple buttons undone and yeah. this hat on. He's on his way to a picnic, we learn. And Michael kind of says, well, don't you have a lot going on? What about Brent? How's that going? And you know what? Chidi's not worried about it. Brent seems not that into it. He got a B plus at Princeton. Did I tell you I went to Princeton? I really like <laughs> Chidi's line. What is it? He got a B plus, so maybe he should be the professor. And then he asked me if I knew that he went to Princeton. And I said I did. And then he said he went to Princeton. And then he left. <laughs> nah, what are you going to do? <laughs> He's not sweating it because Chidi's able to live the good life in this incarnation. I think that's mm -hmm. really smart. That yeah. what makes Chidi an active player in these experiments is that he's stressed out. Mm -hmm. And because of Chidi's sacrifice, they're really stepping over eggshells to keep everything comfortable for Chidi. But yeah. that's making him unable to be a player in the way he has in the past. I think it's a really good conflict for what they do with this whole episode and to bring Chidi back into the main storyline. I agree. Because like as far as Chidi knows, he's got a soulmate. He can call books on command. They hit him in the head sometimes if he's yeah. not careful. But. <laughs> but like he gets a pretty good life. Eleanor tries to be specific to Chidi and to snap him into his stress and says, well, you know, what would Kant think about this? You're so into Kant. What would all these philosophers say about mm -hmm. you being so lackadaisical? And Chidi, and it's kind of nice to hear him say something like this. He's like, well, I think even Kant would say it's nice out today, so I'm going to go play some Frisbee golf. <laughs> it's kind of nice. I love that for yeah. him. He deserves that. Just like our politicians deserve to play golf 8 to 19 times a week. Chidi well, deserves some, some Frisbee golf in between saving humanity. Exactly. The good place gets it. So after making the Frisbee golf Kant joke, Chidi starts laughing and then Michael joins in on the laugh and it's very awkward. And then Chidi walks away and calls off to some of the Janet babies. Guys, you got to hear this joke I made about Kant. <laughs> He really is surrounded by yes men because even the other people in the neighborhood are going to like laugh and cheer him yeah. on no matter what he says or does. So they're back to the office, kind of worried about this. Michael's exclaiming, he's never seen Cheaty like this. He's chi-laxing. <laughs> Cheaty relaxing. Do you think that's funny? A good it's bit? fine. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. That's cute. Mm -hmm. He's had all of the burden removed, so he's totally chill. He's not being tortured like he has been in the past. So he just gets to be here and enjoy himself. So the natural thing to think is, okay, we've got to stress him out because then he'll yeah. start to act out of stress instead of just being chill. They need these stressful situations to help him be motivated to help people. This is such a funny line just because of how comfortable Eleanor and Michael are and they're back and forth, how Eleanor says, Right. You want to make a pearl, you got to get some sand in your clam. Oyster, we need Chidi to live in a world of low-grade dread. They've got a medal in Chidi's life to stress him out, and Eleanor is used to doing this with some of her exes, like we talked about. She, you know, she'd fill up an acoustic guitar with some wet cat food. <laughs> that makes sense that Eleanor would be dating dudes that have an acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah. It's very important to them. That also have a cat and a mm -hmm. lot of wet cat food. And yeah. that joke... Like so many great Good Place jokes and sitcom jokes, paints a picture of Eleanor sitting on a couch with like 30 cans of cat food yeah. from the pantry, peeling them one at a time and scraping them into the guitar with Absolutely. a fork and giving it like a good shake. I can see the whole thing. 
Then we get the beginning of Tahani's storyline in this episode. It's really great to see Tahani come back in full force after really in season three is second half in the yeah. first half or a couple episodes of this season. She's been kind of a background player with Jason. She's reading all this info about John on like a hologram screen that's up in the sky and she calls Janet to come in. When Janet comes in, we notice that now she has this red streak in her hair. What do you think <laughs> of the new look? Love. You love it. Love it. We were both... Were we both guys in high school that were into girls with colored hair? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Still kind of am, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. I feel like it makes every single person, whether I was attracted to them or not before, it makes them incrementally more attractive to have like I think a especially crazy like a single, hair. yeah, like a like a little bit of it too, like that that guaranteed to work. Jana dyed her hair because she researched what humans do after breakups. Number eight was do something stupid with your hair. And then Almost scrolling down some, number 42 was to see Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> have you seen Mamma Mia 2? I have not seen the second one, but I do know that it's mostly the same songs. I saw it in the theater. Wow. But what they do that's kind of smart because it's like part sequel, part prequel mm -hmm. about Meryl Streep's character when she yeah. was young. And the fact that she was fucking like three guys at the same time. Yes. Good for uh -huh. her. All the Ryu songs are in that storyline. So like the uh, Amanda Seyfried and the three dads, they get all of the like B-team ABBA songs that weren't in the first nice. movie. I like ABBA. Oh, yeah. The album that Abba's they great. came out of retirement to make was pretty bad. But outside oh, of that, too bad. Tahani tries to get Janet back to working. Like, I know you're going through some stuff, but there's a lot to do. Specifically, John. I'm kind of worried about John. And Tahani has this idea to give him a spa day as a way to help break through to him. This whole scene is kind of cute how Tahani and Janet are saying, spa day, spa day. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Tahani's noticed from researching John that back in 2014, John mocked Gigi Hadid for going to Bali incessantly online. But then that same year, he went and looked up a discount hotel package, whatever that is, to go to the same place. Can you give me a little lowdown on who Gigi Hadid is? I was just going to say pop culture Why I know trivia, her name and who I should care. Which why. member of a once popular boy band was she married to? Just thinking of time frame, would it be a One Directioner? It would be a One Directioner. Would it be a One Zane? It would be One Zane Malik. Kinda famously, guessed. was with Gigi sure. for a long time. And is that the only reason people know who she is? No, she's also a very famous runway model and oh, fashion okay. model, along with her Great. sister Bella Hadid, who was in a relationship mm -hmm. with The Weeknd for a long mm -hmm. time. I know these names. Gigi really also host of Netflix's Next in Fashion. Co-host with Tan France. Never heard of that. With of season with, two. Do you say with Taylor Hicks? Tan Tan France. Not the not, not the Hicks. old looking guy that won American Idol. Not the guy who nothing. won American Idol who looks like one of the cars from Disney Pixar's Cars. <laughs> he beat uh, Catherine McPhee. Is that so? Yeah, she came second to Taylor Tommy. Hicks. Tahani is making the connection with John From cars. that he's always felt left out and felt the FOMO of, of commenting on celebrity but not being a part of that world. So Tahani is going to try to help by including him in everything that he once felt left out of, which is a decent idea. Yeah, I think I think it, it there's there's some like good thinking behind it. I really like Tahani's episode this week. I really like the growth that Tahani has had over this show that she never mm -hmm. loses what makes her not quite there, but yeah. she makes so much progress. Like this, 
This would never have happened with season one to Hani. She wouldn't care. No. Janet recommends that she lures in John with celebrity gossip because that really gets him going. Maybe mention the eight different Game of Thrones characters that are based on Tahani. I haven't mm. seen much Game of Thrones. Yeah. I know you've seen, have you seen all of it? All of it. What characters- Most of it, at least twice. Would you say are the ones based on Tahani if you have to? Okay. Can you name eight? Can I name eight Game of Thrones characters? That are that would be po- potentially based on Tahani, al Um, Yeah, probably. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take an easy way out, and this is not racist. Uh, okay. I'm going to take the three sand snakes for sure, because they're all beautiful, tall, uh, Knowing nothing about uh, Game of let's Thrones. Let's go Sansa saying, Stark. Well, she's definitely the sand let's snake. Let's go Queen Cersei. Okay. Let's go uh, Brienne of Tarth. Let's go uh, wife of Rob Stark. Let's Rob Schneider. Go... <laughs> One of the same. Oh, that's seven. And then eight, uh, let's go, fuck it, Ned Stark. Okay, well, I can't confirm or deny any of that, so sound yeah, off in sure the comments. Can. Yeah, someone in the comments last week said maybe we do all need to watch Abominable, so maybe we can all get wow. together, watch Abominable, let us know if, yeah. if those Game of Thrones characters track with Tahani. Tahani wants the spa day because first we can open John's pores and then we can open his heart. And Janet takes that line and takes it to the next level with, yes, first we exfoliate the dead skin cells of envy and then we detoxify his soul. (laughs) Yeah, okay, spa day. (laughs) Spa day. Then John literally prances over, like he's moving his arms side to side and (laughs) it's really cute. I, much like I find Brent really funny in his episode last week, I think John's really funny in this episode too. I do too. He prances over, he's very excited for spa day and he's very excited that he can eat whatever he wants without gaining any weight here in the good place. Mm -hmm. He's talking about, well, you know, it's the good place. No one has any jobs or stress or problems, but I just feel like I need this talking about the spa day. I get it, you need a little break sometimes. Tahani had Janet to the T recreate a specific spa. It's Victoria Beckham's exclusive posh spice spa. The posh wash. The posh wash. (laughs) This is a cringy line, but I guess it it works for what they want it to. That membership is usually based on your weight and your net worth. So if you gain a pound or lose a pound, you're out. John's very excited. It's funny. Yeah. Okay, this is also a funny non sequitur scene. Eleanor and Michael walk up to Jason to ask him for help. And he, I like the continuity here that he's dejected, doesn't mm-hmm. talk a ton about his breakup, but he's just mopey. You know when your friend is mopey for a yeah. month after a breakup? <laughs> Jason, we need your help. Okay, hand me the jar. Of what? The peanut butter jar. Give it. You said you needed help opening a peanut butter jar. <laughs> no, we didn't. Oh. Just shut up. And Eleanor explains what they need from him. (laughs) And they don't really actually explain what they need from him. We don't really specifically get, hey, we're assigning you to Chidi. You need to do this to stress him out. We just see it in practice. But they do tell him that saving humanity might be a way for him to get over his breakup. You know, Mm -hmm. Janet doesn't have a car he can key. I didn't get this line. Janet doesn't have a car he can key and doesn't have a house that he can left eye Lopez. Is that what they said? Is yes, that a thing? Left Eye Lopez Do you know what it is? from TLC set it on fire. Okay. Lisa Left Eye Lopez from nope. TLC set uh-uh. a guy's house on fire. TLC meaning the learning channel? Yeah. Set a guy's house on fire. John and Kate I plus didn't eight. Know. And one of the girls from TLC set a guy's house on fire. The one that's dead. The T- There's someone from TLC that, that, that died. 
Jesus. Zach does nothing. I of, thought they were the ones running the television channel. Culture. Okay. Yeah, they're dead. Sorry. I think she set a guy's house on fire. And Jason Pretty says, sure. okay, I'm in. Now, can you just hand me the jar? Can we get over the jar? Michael has a moment here where he says, when you say jar, do you mean the problem that you're trying to get to the deeper level of? Jason says, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Michael's just grasping for anything to make this a little more complex than, you know, it's just Jason. Mm -hmm. Now it's spa day. They're at the, the, the posh wash. John and Tahani are enjoying their beverage, which is fresh water from Oprah's estate in Maui that includes mushrooms from her private bog in the Pyrenees. <laughs> wow. Tahani says, oh, you know what they say. Bog water from Oprah's Pyrenees is better than any bog water. And John's like, I don't know. I didn't know that they say that, but I'm so glad to know now. <laughs> he finally is getting to experience the best of the best, just like Tahani got to her whole life and he says the only thing that would make this any better is some hot goss and i love the way that tahani opens up her name drop story she says very well our story begins with robbie williams heidi klum <laughs> and the remaining members of fifth harmony at the dolce and gabbana spring show <laughs> i almost was going to ask how many theoretical remaining members of fifth harmony there were but i wouldn't know that you knew who was Are from still, that I group that would have guessed they were not together well, two of them have successful solo careers now. But are there still people that perform as Fifth Harmony, or is that just done? I would, I would guess I no. I would know. I'd guess yeah. not. Do you know who the two are with successful solo careers? Who? Do you know who the two are that currently have successful solo careers? I couldn't name one member of Fifth Harmony, no. Oh, the, we're looking for JoJo one. JoJo Siwa. I'm going to go with JoJo Siwa. I'm no. going to go with the pop star known just as JoJo. I'm going to mm -hmm. go with JoJo's Circus. I'm going to yes. go with JoJo from Horton Hears a Who. Fifth Harmony, f famously four JoJo's together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were going to be JoJo and the JoJo's, but they couldn't get Joe Jonas on board, so it didn't work out. <laughs> no, Camille Cabello. Yeah, I know who that is. And Normani. She was Cinderella. And Norm McDonald? No, he died. Did you say Normani was Cinderella? You mean Brandy? No. Camilla Cabello. Wasn't she in the new Cinderella movie yeah. with Billy Porter? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Normani. And I was like, racist. Yeah, Norm McDonald was Cinderella with Brandy. <laughs> he was a genie Cinderella. Crossover. Later, they're leaving the spa, and John has learned a bunch of dirty secrets, like how Scarlett Johansson's stunts are always done by Natalie Portman, and it's just like I'd a power it. play. Why Why would she do that? For the power, just to say she can. <laughs> sure, I get that. Yeah. John is feeling amazing, and he thanks to Hani, who then is like, okay, I'm in. Time to move this into what I was really trying to say the whole time. What if maybe you also try out some type of inner treatment? It's called ethics. Think of it as a colonic for your soul. <laughs> uh, there's this guy, Chidi. He's got a class, an ethics class. What do you say you and I just both sit in for fun? And John says something very much like whenever my mom tries to ask me to go to a church thing with her. Mm -hmm. Hmm, would I like to use my time in heaven to uh, audit a <laughs> philosophy class? Um, no, you stay crazy, girl. Bye. <laughs> hmm, do I want to spend my freedom I would love to hear adult? you give Connie a you stay crazy, girl. You bye. stay crazy, girl. Bye. <laughs> Then we move to Eleanor and Jason, who are stepping into Chidi's study. We're about to see what they asked Jason to do. They ask Chidi how his picnic was, and he says it was fine until it was overtaken by ants who were actually really helpful and mm -hmm. helped them put away. <laughs> I don't know. There's this running joke about these magic ants that pays yeah. off in a big way later that I really like. 
Eleanor says, wait till you see the otters who do our turndown service. <laughs> so Eleanor brings in Jason as Jianyu and says that he should join Chidi's philosophy discussion. And Chidi says, ah, sure, fine, fun. Everything's so fun. Who cares? Let's do it. <laughs> but then Eleanor takes Chidi to the side and says, you know, Jianyu's really having trouble adjusting, especially socially, because he's a monk and he's having trouble making friends. And Eleanor knows that this will really call out to Chidi, looking him mm -hmm. right in the eye and saying, hey, promise me that you'll help him no matter what. So, of course, Chidi makes this promise that he'll really stick to, that he'll never have any way of standing by. He can't possibly yeah. know how hard that it's going to be to keep. And Eleanor says, okay, bye, and leaves. <laughs> Chidi gets one, two, three, four, five words out. So, John Yu, would you like some- Yo, shut up for a sec. I'm not a Buddhist monk. My name is Jason Mendoza. I'm a DJ from Florida, and I'm not supposed to be here. You gotta help me out, homie. I'm scared. <laughs> and it's so funny to see there are a lot of things in this episode that make you think back to season one, whether mm -hmm. it's Chidi on the couple's spa day yeah. in season one, or here Jason not being able to keep the secret and telling Eleanor he's not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. You see how well it works both when Jason doesn't know he's supposed to do this and when Jason <laughs> does know that he's supposed to do this. It's he just identical. rattles it off so yeah. well. So we cut to one week later, and now Chidi's very stressed out, but Jason's thanking him for helping him. He's finally got this shiny <laughs> new butthole. Everything's looking great. I said just butthole. Bud hole. You did just say butthole. Chidi's in full stomach ache mode and has been clearly covering for Jason a lot, as we've seen Eleanor do in the past, and he can't possibly do this anymore. It's making him sick. And just as he says this, of course, there's a knock on the door and it's Michael and Eleanor just mm -hmm. dropping in to see what's going on. Kind of like Michael would always drop in on Chidi and Eleanor. Yeah. And they start to poke their head in and spy and, oh, I noticed there's a mess. Chidi says, you may have noticed my apartment was decorated and now it's been redecorated. <laughs> it's just a bud hole now, just stuff all over the place. And he says, oh, yeah, everything's going fine with Yu. He's peaceful, never shotgunning cheese whiz. <laughs> were you ever a cheese whiz out of the can boy or were you ever a cheese whiz boy um i don't dislike cheese whiz i think yeah. on some like ritz crackers it can go kind of crazy mm -hmm. i have a vivid memory of of the year i played football one of my friends that was on the team would always bring like cheese whiz like as a snack like that was what the snack that he had to eat and so sometimes we'd all just unsanitarily pass around the cheese whiz and go right from the right from the can into our and mouths. And then he'd go home and say, Mom, it happened again. They all <laughs> cornered me and took my whiz. That was my whiz. They cheesed my whiz. One can of cheese whiz is one man snack, not a team's. Yeah, not a team snack. What about you, Zach? Were you a cheese whiz? Probably whiz? when I was a kid. I had a friend who would come over from childhood and adulthood and his first move would be to open the fridge in my house notice mm -hmm. that we still had the thing of spray butter and spray it in his mouth like six times wow. like throughout the day he'd just like open it up <laughs> grab it <laughs> gotta put keep it, it back. fresh i know i guess <laughs> that can't be good for you <laughs> chidi gives some details for a second this is anyway i see you guys are still here 
And it's because they're going to ask him to accompany Jianyu to the luau. I love how they're just grasping for how many parties. It's kind of like in Community. How many yeah. parties have we done? What's the theme for this party? Okay, we're having a luau tonight. Can you accompany Jianyu? Because he's still having trouble engaging with other people. Mm-hmm. Chidi tries to have an excuse. He's and you know, I can't make it. But all Eleanor has to do is look at him. And he remembers the promise that he made. He says, okay, I just remember I can make it. So Eleanor and Michael leave, and once the doors close, they fist bump each other because it's going perfectly to plan. Later on, it is the luau, and all of Janet's NPC babies are having, like, non-specific fun at this party, making chatter and standing and taking up space. It's really fun to watch them from that perspective. Yeah. And Janet comes up to Tahani, not quite sure why John isn't progressing, because Tahani's been giving him so much attention, been dealing so much with him, and it doesn't really seem like he's getting any better. Tahani's not really sure either. She even recreated this exploration of the Louvre, where you can touch everything, and what mm-hmm. did she say? You can ride something in the water? I didn't remember? know what that was. That I she... didn't catch it either. Oh, Mr. Subtitles. I just Mr. didn't know what the word meant, Zach. I saw it written. I just didn't know it. I saw the words. They've been doing all this stuff together. It's not quite working. Tahani's gotten so many treatments. Her hair might just be all too shiny and lustrous from all the beauty treatments. And still, John has no interest in self-improvement or ethics. Tahani hasn't encountered this much resistance since she asked Timothy Chalamet to go out in the sun. (laughs) It's fun watching these episodes that came out. I mean, it's been four years now, but it mm-hmm. feels so recent still. You're the Timothy Chalamet skin in Call of Duty. It's <laughs> no. Dune, not Willy Wonka, unfortunately. But I don't think they look any different. Just the costuming? <laughs> the outfits are different, yeah. Okay. Does he have the tube in his nose? No, but he's in like the fucking like Shark Boy gray suit. From Wonka. Yeah, from Wonka, the skin-tight shark boy suit scene from Willy Wonka. Janet's been looking through some of John's files and tells Tahani that maybe, based off of that, what she really needs to do is just directly say to him, hey, this is what your problem is and what I think you need to do. And that kind of gets Tahani fired up, and she decides to go on attack mode. Like, how many of the eight Mm -hmm. characters from Game of Thrones? Eleanor walks up to Jason because he has a moment alone and asks how things are going with Chidi. And Jason says, great. All I have to do is be myself. And he's constantly freaking out. And this is when we start to see Eleanor's problem in this episode. She asks what she can do or what they can do to make it worse. And even Jason, who opens it with, listen, E-dog, is able to say, (laughs) I think we're starting to take this too far. It's working out. He's stressed. Let's just take it easy on him. But Eleanor says it's not enough. He's not dry heaving. He hasn't taken a whole jar of Tums yet, just the 20. They have to keep going. They have to move ahead. (laughs) Eleanor says he's like Superman with nervous diarrhea because he just (laughs) needs constant agitation to save humanity. So Eleanor leaves to prepare for her speech, and Jason is renewed in torturing Chidi. Then we get where Tahani will confront John. John asks Tahani, Hey, how about we try this Little Mermaid spa treatment I keep hearing? It's where they take your vocal cords and somehow it makes your legs look great. That sounds incredible. That's so funny. And then another perfect Tahani way to open a sentence, her saying, Well, actually, I wanted to bend your ear about something else. (laughs) I like bend your ear. Mm -hmm. She tells him directly, like Janet suggested, that all the writing that John did about her throughout her life was hurtful to her. 
He's like, what? Really? What possibly could I have written? Well, there's the one time where I had gained a little weight and you called me to honey all the meals. <laughs> to well, that's hammy just poetry. all the meals. Was it to hammy? I didn't yeah. get that, mister. <laughs> Subtitles. <laughs> well, that's just poetry. We also learned that the reason Daniel Day-Lewis quit acting was because John said that he couldn't pull off bootcut jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. And John kind of rightfully i guess calls out to hani because she's just being a fake friend you know buddying up with me so you can talk shit about me to my face and Tahani tries to assure him no this wasn't a fake friendship i care about you and i want you to know that you've hurt people probably my favorite john line is him just going excuse me excuse <laughs> <laughs> me i, I need to that. find I'm a time to start use using that. it excuse me anytime yeah. Someone says something to you, you don't quite hear it. But excuse me, it's got to be like angry. <laughs> he doesn't think that Tahani has any right telling him to improve because she got to just fly through life getting everything that she wanted while he had to, even though he like worked for a gossip column blog, we see his life in a different lens to know that he was living in the real world. He had these bills that he struggled to pay and he had 16 hour work days to build a site and audience. Even if that's mm -hmm. 16 hours a day working on a website, that's hard and that's taxing yeah, that's and you see him in a different way when you know how much time he's putting into his work. And honestly, if you want to think about this, people like John, it's what sells to say all this catty yeah. shit. And if anything, he's like a good comedy writer who picked up on things like that. You know, sure mm -hmm. he hurt people, but he was working, you yeah. know, and he found his niche and it worked for him. <laughs> Another great John line right after that, he follows it up with whoosh. That's another deuce for the gossip toilet. <laughs> it's time for Eleanor's big speech at the luau. And I love Eleanor's luau dress in the yes. scene. She looks very pretty. Mm -hmm. We get a good place heaven activity that's new in this episode, that there's a magic lava stone that each of them will have, and they throw it to the middle, and it'll erupt in flame and reveal the thing that their heart most exactly desires. So first we get a Janet baby named Matilda who throws her in and a turtle <laughs> shows up. It's funny that it's, oh, it's a turtle. <laughs> it was her favorite childhood pet. Do you remember what the childhood pet's name was? Shell Turtlestein. Good job. Shell Jason, of course, says, funny. oh man, I gotta do that. And Sheedy tries to hold him back. You know, your truest actual desire could be anything. He's like, no, I got to do it. I know exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> it's my old motorcycle with Pamela Anderson airbrushed on the side, which, of course, exploded a week later after pouring lighter fluid in the engine because he wanted to see what would happen. Now, I couldn't remember if he actually got the motorcycle or if, like, Janet appeared, which I'm kind of glad that that's not the direction it went. Mm -hmm. But I also would have been understanding if that's the direction it did go. That he was able to get it without having Janet and a little interaction between the two of them? No. Is that what you're saying? That he threw the thing and instead of the motorcycle, Janet is what appeared because that was his oh. utmost desire. Aw, that would have been sad. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that point too, but I'm glad that it is just I'm a glad Jason that it was the Florida ism. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jason says, maybe Gian Yu the monk likes motorcycles. We don't know his life. <laughs> No monk's truest desire is a motorcycle with Pam Anderson's face painted on it. Oh, it wasn't her face. And we hear Michael, one of my favorite little Ted Danson deliveries, a sexually explicit motorcycle. Whose rock was that? <laughs> <laughs> 
And Chidi, in the silliest version of this we've ever seen, he mm-hmm. steps up to take the blame. He says, oh, Jianyu threw my rock. He wanted to help me, his friend who loves motorcycles. It's so, like, basic improv. Mm-hmm. And Canadian and... TV actress Pamela <laughs> Anderson. And now I will ride it away. And he slowly scoots away on it. Can't wait to take this baby on the open road. <laughs> <laughs> Later on in the office, Eleanor is feeling great, wants to celebrate with some champagne, the success that they're having, but now Michael is on the team of maybe we're doing a little too much and we should be a little worried about Chidi. Who says call the magic ants? Michael or Eleanor? Oh, no, Eleanor must say it. Yeah, Eleanor says, let's toast, call those magic ants. But Michael is focused on Chidi. He doesn't want Chidi so freaked out that he's lying like he is right now and can't help other people. But Mm -hmm. Eleanor just wants to keep pushing. Need his fragile psyche until he's hyperventilating and losing his mind. Then Chidi walks into the office. He says, I've got to tell you guys a secret and starts hyperventilating and (laughs) losing his mind. I think that it's such a funny... I don't know. I, I Like you said, this episode calls back so much to the beginning and like different people walking in and freaking out to someone. It was normally Eleanor walking into Chidi and freaking out about this or that, about, oh my God, this is, I'm going to get caught because of this. This is going on. What do we do? And now it's Chidi who mm-hmm. is being tortured for the first time in this afterlife and now is coming into Eleanor and Michael. He's like, I don't have anyone else that I'm close to to turn to like that. So, yeah. Ah. <laughs> and just the opening and closing of doors is such a comedy concept back to like Mm -hmm. comedy theater and old sitcoms of just like this thing won't ever happen cut to door opening and thing happens and it just works so well and seeing alternative versions of something we have seen but in a way that moves the story forward instead of feeling like we're stuck in a greatest hits type thing is really great the line of ants starts coming in and they've got a big bottle of champagne and michael whistles and says no not right now bad time Uh, here's here's what i'll say you don't like that they showed it? This was 2019. Uh-huh. Avatar was out years ago. Uh-huh. You thought it Several looked bad? Several things. This show has done CGI much better than they did the CGI. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it looked pretty bad to me. I Especially liked... the shot of like the ant looking up and then turning no, its I head. No, I didn't think it was back. that bad. If I anything, I liked bad. that they told us about something three times and then we actually get the payoff and see it. I thought it was nice. I liked it. I have no issue. It seems like you do. With the first shot of the ants and you see the Like bottles. the trail of ants. It's the close-up ant. I don't ant. care for the shot of the underneath perspective. And the close-up champagne the bottle. Yeah, of the close-up of the ants. It didn't work the for me. The close-up champagne bottle did look a little like, CGI shiny. You know? Yeah. And the it was ant fun. looked bad. I've seen an ant up close, Zach, and that they is not what like ants that. look like to me. That is not inherent to Earth. I don't know where that ant is from. Maybe the good place ants look different. That is not my Maybe so. Maybe the good place ants do look different. Check your privilege. (laughs) Chidi confides in Michael and Eleanor that, you know, he was miserable in life and he always had a stomach ache. And for the first while in the good place, he was feeling really good. And all of a sudden, it's starting to come back. This is when he says, If I choose option A... But if I choose option B, oh, no. (laughs) He just can't even say anything. He's so anxious. And Eleanor tries to keep him going and tells him, you know, maybe you'll come out better on the other side of this moral dilemma. But Chidi 
snaps back and says, this doesn't feel like a moral dilemma. I know what a moral dilemma is. I love that. I live for mm -hmm. that. This feels like I'm being punished. Chidi has a great line. This is his moment of, now hang on a second, guys. Something's not yeah. right here. Because it's Chidi, this moment looks different to him. Mm -hmm. But he says, look, I know, this, I know this is the good place and you'd never do anything to make me feel bad, but I'm worried that I did something wrong and that this is the universe getting back at me. And we see Eleanor as he says this, and at first she's smiling, but sometimes when someone starts crying at first, yeah. it looks like they're smiling for a second, mm -hmm. and she starts crying. Michael tries to step in and keep professionalism, but like places a hand on Eleanor's shoulder. Chidi starts freaking out, like, oh my God, what's going on now? I made God cry? <laughs> well, here's a stomach ache pounding in. <laughs> what do you think of this as compared to some other good place classic like emotional breakdowns do you think this is a good moment i think this is a really good one this one didn't necessarily make me emotional but no. i think that it was really really well done and i think well earned and i think yeah. it was a nice job of like obviously they didn't bury the lead of we're going too hard on cheaty but they did kind of bury the lead on like why eleanor was so gung-ho on it i don't think it was super obvious on first watch that she's like actively trying to get back at him for leaving her but they do mention enough of it early on in the episode that the payoff is really good like you know yeah. that that's why but it feels unavoidable her to have yeah. a reaction like this and you're right you don't quite know exactly where her mind is right now mm -hmm. but just the thought of this is the person you love most in the whole world. You're torturing them to distract you from them. And all of mm -hmm. a sudden you're faced with that person telling you like, I'm in so much distress. Yeah. And that's gonna, if you love someone, that's gonna make you cry. Absolutely. If you're like, I'm the one doing this. If you really care about that person, I think it works really well. Before we come back to that in a second, we get a moment of Tahani complaining to Janet about John. John is so petty. Why is he not getting better? He's so... He's so petty that he started a Twitter feud with Jacob Tremblay. Jacob Tremblay. And I fucking love this joke because yeah, Jacob Tremblay great. was like 13 Seven. at the yeah, time. He was, very, he was very young. young child actor. <laughs> He's amazing in the film Room. I stand yeah. by that he should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor or maybe mm -hmm. even won that year for that movie because Brie Larson did win for that Don't movie. Don't disagree. He's voiced something recently, didn't he? Mm -hmm. I forget what. But you're right, he was a voice actor in something, and I might have even watched it. I think you did. Well, he was the voice of Flounder in Little Mermaid. That's what it was. Maybe that's what we're thinking of, sure. Mm -hmm. It's clear that Janet is like working through some stuff of her own, but they don't call too much attention to it. Mm -hmm. And then she's projecting when she tells Tahani, yeah, just punch him in the face, just walk up. You know, I'm fired up, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tahani thinks that this isn't going to work because they're too different from one another. But as she begins to talk about how they're different, she comes around in a circle to how they've both lived jealous and miserable lives where they feel like they're on the outside looking in and mm -hmm. that they have no friends. And she sees in a very mature way that's very Tahani 2.0 that, oh my God, we're not different. We're not so different, you and I. And I think it works Different, really well the way she comes. I like that it's trial and error to come to these realizations. It's yeah. not after she does one thing. It's after she does two or three things. I really like mm -hmm. that. I agree. She says, Janet, I've been going about this all wrong. Exactly. Here you go. Boop. And she has a boxing glove ready for Tahani. <laughs> she says, no, no, I don't need that. And she like grabs her shawl and leaves. Back to Chidi, who is pleading with Eleanor. Why is she crying? And Eleanor starts letting out that she feels like all of this is her fault and that she's broken a promise to care for mm -hmm. Chidi. I really like Chidi's reaction of, 
you're a promise because Tuchidi, he thinks that he's like one in a million for Eleanor. Yeah. But why is he so, why is she so desperately upset over this one person having trouble? So Michael yeah. steps in and says, well, you know, architects, they worry about their people and their neighborhood is everything to them and their humans in it are everything to them. Then he takes Chidi more to the side and says, you know what, don't worry about it. I've got a solution for you. We can just explode whatever you're upset about. <laughs> Say you had a problem with that vase over there. Snap, blow up, it's gone. So just tell me what's bothering you. I'll wave my hand and I'll make it explode. And you can go back to your otherwise perfect mm -hmm. life. That's so funny. It calls back again to Michael in season one, being like, oh, I would never want you to have any problems. Here's a bigger problem I'll give you that yeah. you can just replace your problem with. I also like the turn of how at the beginning of the season, or I guess the end of last season, Eleanor is the one who had to kind of fill in for Michael while he was freaking out. Now Michael's stepping up and doing what he should have been doing in the first place, which he yeah. fits in so naturally to this role of like, I'm torturing you, but I'm the helping hand that's going to give you anything mm -hmm. that you like you said. So I think I like that a lot. Chidi takes a deep breath and of course he can't say that Jason's the problem because he'll get exploded. So he says <laughs> the problem is the motorcycle. You know, it's just not bringing me the joy that I thought it would. So Michael says, okay, and waves his hand. Love that we get a cut to Jason like staring <laughs> at the motorcycle, clearly just having poured lighter mm -hmm. fluid into the engine. It explodes and Jason goes, aw, not again. <laughs> Chidi tells Eleanor, it's kind of sweet because he doesn't know anything. He says, I hope you feel better. And he leaves all frazzled because this didn't help anything. Mm -hmm. Tani goes to confront John. She has something to say. And she begins by dropping names and making John feel bad. She's like, I went to this party. I remember it was, throw was it thrown by Serena Williams for Leonardo DiCaprio? Blake Lively. She was invited to this party and she was taken to the VIP deck. And then from there, she was taken to a VIP room and she had to have the pin. And then she realized once she got in that she's in here by herself, probably because mm -hmm. she demanded to have the most VIP space at the party. And she was there by herself while everyone partied downstairs. And she never left because of her status. And she just stood there talking to nobody for the whole time. Mm -hmm. John says, ooh, riveting story. If only it were longer and sadder. <laughs> Tahani cuts to the heart of it to him, and it's a line that's written really well and delivered really well by Jamila mm -hmm. Jamil. She says, The point is, if all you care about in the world is the velvet rope, you will always be unhappy, no matter which side you're on. You and I are proof of that. Yeah. That's your truth bomb for the week from The Good Place, I think. Yeah, I think that's great. She pleads with him that they start over, and, you know, we're both here now. Why can't we be happy and start fresh? But John needs to get a few things off of his chest if he's going to do that. And it's that he really is sorry about everything he wrote about Tahani and tweeted <laughs> and scrawled on the back of a wicked playbill <laughs> and had passed to her during intermission. Tahani is able to put that aside and says, you know, my bangs were making my ears look chunky. That's a fair <laughs> hit. They leave and they, they comment on how lovely the night is, and they, arm in arm, decide to take a walk together. It's a nice moment. I mm -hmm. Honestly, the John Tahani dynamic, for like taking it. one of your main characters and putting her with a new character that takes her away from everybody else, they work so well together. I agree. I think it's a cool match. Like, I'd watch a couple episodes of this pairing. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Cut to Jason. He's shredding on a guitar, and Chidi comes up to him with a new plan. 
they're going to study ethics and he's going to help Jason become a better person. So many great off the cuff Jason lines where he says, oh yeah, I spent a lot of time at free clinics trying to become a better or trying to get better. And Chidi says, okay, editing my entire syllabus in my head based off that one comment you just made. This is a nice Chidi Jason moment when Jason says, you know, Chidi, you're great. You're like the Pamela Anderson motorcycle of people. Chidi's like, you know, because he kind of gets Jason a little better now. I understand how that's a really nice thing. Thank you. And I'm sorry that it exploded. Oh, that's okay, homie. That's just what motorcycles do. (laughs) That was maybe my favorite line in the episode. That's okay, homie. That's just what motorcycles do. So funny. (laughs) Now, Michael and Eleanor are able to sit in the office and take a little bit of a sigh of relief. And Michael says that, okay, Chidi's all set and is able to ask Eleanor, okay, now how are you doing? She's better, but she still feels terrible. And she's kind of unpacked what she did this week. She knows that she was doing something that needed to be done, but is able to see that she went way too far with it. And she enjoyed doing it and torturing Chidi because Mm -hmm. she's angry at him. I think this is yet again, like the emotional moment We don't quite know why, but it works. And then here, when she says she's angry with him, I think that unlocks new emotions to the situation. She's not just like, oh, you gave up that ash. Oh, I'm sad you don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. She's angry that, yes, Chidi did the right thing, but part of that includes that you abandoned me. And he agreed to do that. And... I get it. There's some foreshadowing to the Mm -hmm. end of the series, I think, with this decision as Mm -hmm. well. The choice to leave Eleanor for something better for himself and the greater good. And Eleanor is having trouble with that. And she's angry. Mm -hmm. And at first, yes, was having fun, kind of making his life miserable. Because if you are going to do that to me, I'm not going to let you have fun. But that's flawed and it's wrong. She's angry and she feels guilty. And she wants to talk to Chidi because that's who she goes to talk to when she feels those things. And it's different now and it's weird. Then I think Michael, who has a quiet episode, gives a moment very much like last week where he's just so understanding and so patient with Mm -hmm. Eleanor and explains, you know, I don't get humans. And then he goes on to explain how he gets humans better than most humans do. (laughs) I still don't have a grip on the human emotional spectrum. You guys are often happy when you should be sad and angry when you should be happy and texting when you should be driving, which is not an emotion, I know, but it's it's insane. <laughs> he tells Eleanor that you have the right to be angry, even with everything else still being true, and you deserve the space to process it and to act out from it, but it doesn't change that you also have to get your shirt together because there's work to do. And I think, wow, what a good friend to pull you out of and be like, what you're feeling is valid, take your time to feel it, be angry, go white boy punch a hole in the wall, but there is progress to be done. You are in charge of something important. So take your space to grieve your relationship, but don't let it affect this. I like that a lot. Good friendship moment by Michael once again. We're just about to the end of the episode. Tahani steps into the office with Jason. Another great Tahani line in an episode that's kind of full of them. She says, anyone want a status report? I win. I mean, I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) And she takes John's picture off the board and puts it on the figured outside. You know, he's not going to be in the ethics class, but she feels confident that she's figured out a different angle to make things work for John. Maybe the ethics class isn't always the number one answer. For John, it seems like the thing is to make genuine 
human connection with people and to, and to make friendships instead of just commenting on people from afar, which I think mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is a really cool thing for Tahani, especially after she was kind of the one who Eleanor heard saying maybe she should be replaced as the leader. I, I like Tahani stepping up and kind of doing her part as well as yeah. one of the arcs of the story. Yeah, and just in time when we were starting to miss her from the main mm-hmm. plot line, here she is. So she's going to spend a lot more time with John, become close with him. They're going to unironically watch Crossroads together, and it's going to be a huge step in the right direction. Trust me, she says. I got this. Then Jason is given a moment of recognition for the group. Does it feel like this scene, this episode is missing a scene where Jason is made clear what his objective is? We only see him doing it. We skip the scene because they are like, hey, we need to help. We need you to save humanity. But they don't tell him what the thing is. And he says, "Okay, I understand what I'm doing. Because here in the end of the episode, even though he says something stupid, they give him this moment of recognition. Everybody pats him on the back. It's a good moment for Jason. But I would have liked a moment earlier in the episode where we see some type of plotting on Jason's side. See, I didn't feel that watching the episode that it was missing anything, but I can see how, like, just going through the story, if that's not there. I guess in my mind, they must have told him, like, off screen. Right. But I, and I, I kind of would have liked to have seen it because I feel yeah. like Jason's getting credit when all we've seen is him do what he usually does. It's I true. would have liked just a line where he's like, I know what to do, and then mm-hmm. cut to him, like, interrupting sure. Chidi right away. I could work with he that. He says, but you know, thank you. I've had a few tough weeks and it feels good to finally feel brainy and of useness. Mm-hmm. I get that. That episode ends. Everyone's feeling nice. They all take a, a breath and they've got all four of the humans on the right path. So what's next? Which is never a good thing to say if you're in a, a stressful position. If you're like, yeah. everything seems figured out. What's next? You never want to be there. There's something coming. And... As the guy who's always like, I wish this episode ended on a little tease, mm-hmm. I feel just okay about this tease because yeah. it's just like a hooded guy on a thing pushing himself down the entire railroad track. We see these mm-hmm. got so much the farther to go. Yeah. I think it's too vague for me to feel scared mm-hmm. for the people. I think they could have ended this episode with a, wow, we really did it, guys. But Do we you know remember that there's who something. it is? I don't. I imagine it's the doorman or the judge or Sean or something. I think I remember who it is. I don't remember. And I'm excited to see, but I think it makes the episode feel like it just ends instead mm-hmm. of ending with this big climactic push to the next episode. Like I, it, it feels like it ends like the last one did where it's just dad ash and then it ends. And mm-hmm. this one could have ended that way because I think it earned it. But yeah. then the little flash at the ending, I think I needed Maybe to see who it was or to hear a voice or to mm-hmm. something. I'm not sure. Fair. What do you think as we wrap up our discussion of the episode? Because that is the end of our discussion on Chillax. I think that this is a really good episode. I mean, I agree. this show at this point knows how to... It has earned our trust in what the story is doing. Yes. You know, and so I think it, it earned the again. right to take an episode where... Okay, we're going to develop these relationships, develop these characters, reestablish what everyone's role is in this new experiment before everything goes to shit in another couple episodes, inevitably. You know, so I, I like this episode quite a bit. I like how much is it focused on Tahani and John. I like the cheaty stuff. I think it's a good episode for pretty much everyone this week, even though like I Janet agree. and Michael don't get as much screen Michael time when they're, on, when they're there. Janet's they got a streak of red hair. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're so right that. 
the first part of this final season, they're not afraid. It's they've only got 13, 14 episodes if you include the two-parter at the end of the series. They've mm-hmm. only got so many episodes in their season, but yet they've taken like three episodes to make sure that we really know why we're here and how everyone feels about the way that the deck has been shuffled this time, maybe even more so than in the past reboots. Like mm-hmm. we really know how this is affecting personally every character. And I yeah. like that because not only are things about to go to shit, things are also about to start moving towards a climax and towards an ending. And I think it's important to think about how we got here and why we're here and how everybody feels and to take stock of what we've got before the next big final shakeup. Uh, and I don't remember everything about how the experiment goes to shit. I more remember how the story ends for our main characters. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens in the next eight or whatever episodes. Me too. I think this is a good episode, and the second watch made me like it more, and talking through it made me like it more. I think it's funny, and I think it does really great character work all across Yeah, I agree. And in an episode that does great character work, was it tough for you? Do you have thoughts? Good place, bad place. Let's it do actually it. wasn't tough for me this week. I had pretty pretty stern thoughts on, on each of the two. Okay. Well, then give me your bad place. So my bad place this week is not someone that I think is a bad person, but mm-hmm. it's someone who I think demonstrates the biggest swing of bad place points this week, mm-hmm. even though it comes with, with a justified reason. Yes. I gave it to Eleanor this week. I think that she leans in too hard, even when people that know what's going on tell her, like, try and warn her. I think she leans into it and pushes Cheaty maybe a little bit too far. In the end, she got the result she wanted, so did she really push him too far? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that the reason she was doing it weren't because she knew it would get an effect out of him, but it was to get back at him for making this decision. So that's why Eleanor's in my bad place this week. This is a great episode for character motive. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a reason for what they're doing. And even yeah. Eleanor, who I'll give it to, you understand why and you can't say you wouldn't do the same thing that mm-hmm. she's doing. However, you work down the list and you're like, well, Tahani does a pretty good job. Yeah. John, we understand on a deeper level you because of how he feels. Uh, Michael's doing a good job as a friend. Even Jason is causing chaos, but doing mm-hmm. his part and and doing his best after having himself brought down. I think it does have to be Eleanor, unfortunately, but I don't think she's going to be getting many this season. I think no. she's good in the I long I think it's going to balance out, yeah. But she gets some points. I guess I'll kick off with a good place. And I think I have to give it to Chidi. I think mm-hmm. Chidi's got a really good episode, yeah. both in how he handles Jason with Jason and how he handles it with Michael and Eleanor, not knowing how they're pulling the strings around mm-hmm. him. I think he does good by letting himself let his hair down. And then I think he does good by handling stress, even if he's as stressed as anyone could possibly get. He yeah. handles stress in the right way and doesn't sit with it too long. I think I can give it to Chidi this week. I think Chidi has an excellent episode and displays so many good place things, but I have to give it to Tahani this week. Sure. Not only because what she does is good, but her motives were good from the beginning. She's setting out and doing these things with John, not so she can be pampered and have a spa day, but so that she can give him a taste of the life that she knows that he was on the outside of to help him improve as a person. And then she looks within herself and says, Mm -hmm. okay, I see where I have fallen short and where I can recognize that we're not different. We're two sides of the same coin. So I'm going to be really honest with him about how lonely I felt in my super exclusive world And so we can bond over that and do things genuinely together with no motive. And I think that that 
that earns Tahani a lot of points for me this week. So I think an excellent Tahani showing. Strong mm-hmm. honorable mention. Good choice. Yeah. Good choices, good episode. Good choices I think this around, is a yeah. good episode. And I'm excited because next week we'll keep it going to talk about episode four of season four. We don't have to argue about that this season. I can just say it's no, episode it's, four. Yeah, straight and forward. you don't go, um, actually, because there no were issues. two episodes this time. And mm-hmm. really, they've been two episodes every time. Well, uh, but next week we'll be back to talk about episode four of season four, Tinker, Taylor, Demon, Spy. And Demon and Spy being in that title makes me feel like this threat that seems miles and miles away is going to be a big part of next week's episode, mm-hmm. which I'm looking forward to. Let's let's get this going. Yeah, let's do it. I think this is, this is one of the, the big conflicts of the season, I believe, is about to start. So Good. Looking I'm ready. forward to it. Mm-hmm. Well, Stephen, it's been so fun to get back into the weekly swing of the podcast. We did a supersized episode about a great episode of The Good Place. I got like my emotional trauma mm-hmm. off my chest at the beginning. I, this this pygmy's just scratching at my my yeah. ankles, trying to get me to let it outside. So maybe we just should wrap this up. Bites. Well, let's do it. From in no before that. You know, Zach, when you say wrap it up, I wrap it up. So you gotta you gotta give a different segue because you That's do true. the first thing here. You're right. I do so usually you can't do the first thing because up. we've given you a lot to chew on this week. But if you'd like more Zach and Steven, we do a lot of stuff over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. We're starting at five dollars a month. You can get all of the exclusive content we do. You can hang out with us live before we record the podcast every week. You can get the basement, you can get this podcast a week early, the same mm-hmm. day we record it, and you can support uh, a little podcast, the little podcast that could. You can support it with just $5 a month over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. And I want to give, actually, now that I'm giving my my shout outs, I want to give two personal shout outs. Number one, to that I just opened up a Fiverr page. Mm-hmm. I can now officially be hired to edit your podcast if you would like to edit well, do you, if you just would like, do that or like will you do whatever i pay you to do on fiverr like if i'll I'm do like, whatever hey, you pay me no to do but it'll be to free of charge edit but i need you to give me a couple dick ratings this week would you do that yes okay it's pricey but yes <laughs> no if you have a podcast whether it's an established one or it's a new one and editing feels really hard and like something that keeps you from making your podcast i feel like i've put decent prices up over on fiverr and i will take care of all of that for you i don't have a link prepared but if you look up fiverr zachary pruitt you'll find mm-hmm. me give me some money and the other thing i want to shout out one of our podcast friends the Hop-Ons podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still a community rewatch podcast. We made friends with them through doing our community rewatch podcast. Colin, one of their hosts, was on our show a couple mm-hmm. of times. They are ending their podcast. They've done three shows. They did Arrested Development, then they did Twin Peaks, and now they did uh, Community, all as the Hop-Ons podcast. So like after six years or so, they're ending wow. their podcast well, with the final season of Community. Yes, yeah. a, a congratulations to them for their run and a sad farewell to a show that i enjoy listening to every week Mm -hmm. and if you miss hearing us talk about community every week i think you would like what they do over there and they just started their final season doing season six of community so go show the hop-ons a little love from zach and steven while they're still around steven where else can the people find us if you want to fill our acoustics with wet 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 cat food Come over and stick your hand up inside of us over on Twitter and Instagram over at 
Time Knife Pod. You're also able to find us on YouTube. Find the video companion to this podcast. See Zach's cute shirt. See Bart and Gooby getting it on back there. See if you can bend your head down to see if the the figure behind me has accurate panties on. You'll never know. <laughs> I see the stockings. Yeah, yeah, she got some, got some, got some, got some boots on mm. with some stockings underneath. But uh, go check us out on YouTube. Search the name of the show. You'll see all that you need to see there. But yeah, come check us out. Come watch us. Come smack that that like button. Just headbutt that subscribe. And then if you haven't the done it yet, review any of our shows wherever you listen to our shows. Like all of those little things help. Share the show yeah. if you like it. Give it a review. Give it a like on Facebook. All that stuff. I have no notes to even get us out of here. <clears throat> For real, like, I wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> From inside. No, clearly, the t- I was not telling you to end the show. <laughs> I won't do it again. From please, inside. No, please, please. From. Please don't let me be the reason that inside you can't successfully the time land the plane of the show. Black lives matter. All cops are bad. Yes. Honestly, <laughs> I'll be screaming that for my whole life. I would have already, yeah. but even like mm-hmm. every cop. Boo! Yeah. I'm Zach. Boo. <laughs> I'm Steven. And we love you very much. We'll see you next Monday. Have a great week. Toodaloo.